It, oh, and it's stuck. It's absolutely like, like you're my therapist. Chill. So I was thinking the other day. <laughs> What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome into another episode of Boys on Lock Podcast with your boy Ashley Sanchez and your boy Owen the Boat Goat, the Joke. Something Burke. like that. Let's go. Yeah, there's gay. I don't worry about it. It's good, brother. Not much, man. You know, just the normal day of work. It was one of my one of my favorite coworkers last day at work today, so that kind of sucks. She's moving back out to Cali. Uh, that's where her family's originally from, so um, you know, goodbyes suck. She's really good at her job too, so like that's a that's a rare thing to find, I feel like, in today's workplace, like especially like like it not like like if you got a like a career, technically like, like a job. You don't get to McDonald's and find somebody that's fun to work with and is good at their job. Usually, they're one or the other. She's a rare mix of both. So, it's going to suck going to work from now on. Uh, knowing that I don't have her to lean on, but, you know, man, life goes on. You got to keep pushing, so. You got the same department or different department? Do what? You got the same department or a different department? She was the apparel lead. So, so like, I, nobody's in my department. Like, I, I run a one-man department, basically. Um... But the thing is that with my job, since I do all the pricing and everything, like I, I have to deal with everybody's stuff. So like I have to have good communication with everybody. So I know the two people that are most likely to get her job after she leaves. So it should be a pretty easy transition. But like they are the ones that are gonna have to probably learn a lot and try to step into that role because she was really really good at her job. So. So yeah, it's just I have to build communication with them, which that's not hard for me, you know, like. Even the people that I don't like, I have a decent line of communication about what to do with, and they have no idea I don't like him. But you've always been a guy. You know, I respect. Just connect with people easily. Yeah. Uh, there's there's very seldom people that I work with that I meet, play games, you know, whatever the case may be that I don't like get along with, or at least that I can stand. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. even though I don't like someone, like usually I go to work from eight to four and put up with them. There is one lady at work that I cannot stand. She is. She's the first of many. Yeah, no, not even the first of many. Like, if I had to sit back and think about, like, like I've had coworkers that I don't like that much, where like I get there and I'm like, damn, I really wish they weren't here. I've got a couple of those now, but like. It's to the point where, like, where if she's there, bro, like, it ruins my day. Like, I'm so upset, like, when she gets there. But she just put in her two weeks. She'll be gone soon. That'll be nice, too. But this is what it is. We'll see if anybody from work listens to the show or not. <laughs> I'm going to have motherfuckers interrogating me next week. Be like, hey, bro, who was you talking about on the show, by the way? <laughs> you heard the show, and uh, you just didn't seem too happy about one of them. Yeah, bro, you said you were saying some stuff on there. We just wanted some clarification before we went so, forward, you know. We'll talk about the bird. We'll talk about the big elephant in the room first. But you got a new show coming out. You're really excited. I'm going to let you give them a preview okay. of what you got coming. So, um... Me and Tim were able to to bring our buddy Grant, who used to work at Dick's with us uh, a couple months ago, um, on this week on the own show, and we did a mock draft special episode this week uh, for the own show. So that'll be out on uh, not it'll be out on Sunday, so two days from now from when you listen to this one. Um, it's gonna go through all the first round mock of what we would do in the draft. So it's not not something you can really compare to what you think's gonna happen next Thursday, just because. A lot of the things that we would do, you know, NFL teams wouldn't do for 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 some other reason or the other. So, um, for a, for a small teaser, just to put it out there for everybody that doesn't listen to that show, obviously the draft's coming up on Thursday next week. 
The Jags have the number one overall pick. A lot of talk has been edge rusher. Aiden Hutchinson's been the number one name that we've heard for a while. Kayvon Thibodeau is the guy before that. Trayvon Walker has snuck up a lot of boards as of late. Um, and a lot of people are talking about him being the number one overall pick, despite only having nine and a half career sacks as an edge rusher at Georgia in three years. Um, I will tell you, I would be like Aiden Hutchinson's been the name for the longest time. I would be willing to bet money that it's not Aiden Hutchinson that goes number one overall. Um, the Jags aren't known for, first of all, being the smartest with their picks or the safest with their picks. Aiden Hutchinson is the safe play. If you want a guy that's going to come in, get eight to ten sacks, play well in the run game, fits the assignment, and just is a team culture builder guy, that's what Aiden Hutchinson is. I don't think the Jags are going to take him. Uh, Trayvon Walker... With him shooting up boards in the way that I think Jacksonville's going to draft, their GM was in San Francisco when they drafted Alden Smith, and he was an absolute animal before he went off the deep end. A lot of people are comparing Trayvon Walker to that that level of upside, where he can really be a really, really high-end pass rusher. So that's a guy, I think another guy that's really, really sneaky. I still think they need to go tackle. I think you spent number one overall last year on Trevor Lawrence. You spent another first-round pick on Travis Etienne instead of going tackle. I get you franchise tag Cam Robinson, man, but I don't like Cam Robinson that much. And when I, when I look at that offense with, with a Travis Etienne, with a James Robinson, it's a team that should be able to run the ball decently as well as throw it. So... When I look at this tackle class, sticking with the Jags probably not being the smartest or the safest with their picks, I think Ikemaquanu has a really, really weird and strong chance to go number one overall if they decide to go tackle. I think Evan Neal's probably the safest tackle in the class. He's the best pass blocker in this class out of Alabama. He's really good. But Ikemaquanu is an absolute monster in uh, in run block, in any run block scheme. Zone, power, it doesn't matter. You can slide him in at guard, and he's he's by far and away the best guard prospect in this class and might be the best guard prospect we've seen in the last five years. But at tackle, he... he like, I'm talking like Trent Williams' level of upside from Aiken McQuanu. If he, if he learns how to, to really post and set the edge well for that blind side on the left-hand side, his he's not as fast as Trent Williams is. He's not as agile, but it's, it's like Trent Williams, if you add two seconds to his 40 time, and then if he just absolutely just mauls guys in the run game. Ikemaquanu gets to the second level and will put your linebacker's face in the fucking dirt. And then he'll sit on him because he can. So, um, Travon Walker, I think, is probably the most likely option at one. And I, I don't be surprised. If they go tackle, I think it may be Ikemaquanu. Uh, because his his upside, obviously his run blocking is very good. If he learns how to pass block, man, that kid's going to be something special. But there's a very large one. What if there, and I don't think the Jags really care about what if at this point. So, if you want to hear more stuff like that, go listen to the Owen Show. Uh, it'll be out on Sunday. Me, Tim, and Grant run through all 32 of the first round picks, trades included. And I'll uh, give you a, a small spoiler there. There is a superstar receiver that gets moved in in uh, in our mock drafts. We threw in um, superstars receivers being moved around. So you'll have to tune in and figure out who that is and and where he lands at. So uh, make sure you guys go listen to that own show. It's a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I think right now is the plan to have Grant back on to do draft grades the week after. We'll see. we got to line the schedules up and make sure we can do it um, with yeah, the draft being on Thursday. Yeah. But I know he is. So we'll definitely get that done in the future as well. Um, so, yeah, make sure you all go listen to that. I appreciate you yeah, all. You got the hit show, bro. 
I mean, I I love I we did that. That was probably one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. I loved I loved talking about the draft and stuff. And Grant's really good. Like literally, I was like, bro. Like I, what's funny? Did you feel not to like interrupt? Did you feel like any type of competition? Yeah, you like. I wanted to be able to keep up. Like, you definitely never want to go on your own show and feel like you get washed out, especially by a special guest. Um, but Grant's good, man. Like, he watches a lot of college football. So, like, I remember last year him telling me about Zach Wilson. I was like, I don't know. He's like, I've watched this kid since his sophomore year of BYU. This kid's the fucking truth. And he's like, I would 100% take him at number two overall, Von Trevor Lawrence. And I was like, like, it's hard to sit there and argue with the guy that's fucking watching these guys since they get there. Like, especially if they were anywhere near that. He's a huge Miami Hurricanes fan. So anybody that was is in the ACC or is or is recruited by Miami out of high school, he has a really in depth knowledge. Like Jermaine Johnson went to Georgia and transferred to Florida State and just wreaked havoc on Miami for two years. So he's a big Jermaine Johnson guy because he watched him beat the shit out of uh, out of Miami the last two two years. So. So yeah, he's he's extremely good at what he does. There's a reason we brought him on for that episode, and I think we all had a lot of interesting takes on where guys are going to go, who fits best in what system. So definitely go check that out. Um, even if your team's not got a first rounder, you may you may see that we move your team into the first round to go trade you know trade into the first round and go get somebody. So yes, I see. Mm-hmm. Brother man, we have two two elephants in the room. First one is that boy Samari in here. True. Uh, he's out. Uh, yeah, he had to work late today, so he got to be on the show. But he'll be back next week. Um, duty calls. He has work outside of our work. So yeah, you gotta, you gotta get, you gotta get in where you fit in. Facts, facts, facts. Uh, the next thing that we have to talk about on the show is my good brother Owen. His show is late. My show is late. Everybody's show is late. So, with us doing video, it's it's a lot harder than I kind of planned for it to be. Um, that's why the shows kind of came out a little bit later. It's my fault. I'll, I'll take the, the blame on that. Um, you know, we'll make sure that we just get them on to you guys in time and just get you guys the TikToks and stuff as well. Like I said, we have lives outside of this, but yeah, the... the we just hit into some technical difficulties that I did not expect to happen when we're starting the video. So the video will come back soon. I think this next, this week and the following week, we'll probably stick to video. We'll stick to audio for now until I tweak with the stuff and call up Spotify and see what we can get from there. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just go on from there. How about that? Um, we got a whole we got a whole slate of stuff to get into. I'm ready, bro. Just you and me to talk. So the first thing I want to get into is uh, I'm gonna let you talk about this. I want it, if tomorrow was here, it's gonna be like a little talk between you two. But I'm gonna let you take it off, take the full horns by it. Um, who would you rather have now starting your team? Um, Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole. Right now. Yeah. I would probably I would probably say Maxey. Um, Jordan Poole is on the rise, and this is there's one where I don't feel like you can really go wrong. Both these guys have have really stepped into their roles behind their supporting stars. 
I think Maxi's been doing it a little bit longer. I feel like I saw I saw the burst from Maxi when it was Justin B there, and he really kicked it into another level once James Harden came into town. Uh, but Jordan Poole is Jordan Poole is a tough one because I, I know that everyone wants to give John Morant MIP this year. But I, I feel like it's got to be Jordan Poole. Um, yeah, we're talking about a we're talking about a kid that came there was there was a G League starter last year, and is now not only coming in and making an impact, but is most likely going to start on this Warriors team going forward, on a team that could go deep in the playoffs, and a team that has a chance to make the finals. To be one hundred percent honest with you, like with with that Warriors team healthy. There are there are a couple teams that are there are seldom teams that are going to be able to take them down in a seven game series, especially if with Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Jordan Toscano, or Juan Toscano, Draymond Green. Like if those guys get to roll them, man, they're going to be a tough team to beat because that small ball lineup just it, it doesn't match up well with a lot of other teams. Because like if they match up with the Jazz, I think they'll destroy them. Because that is the one thing I can poke holes. Like, Dan Snyder's usually revered as a pretty good NBA head coach. But he'll watch Draymond Center line up at center, and he'll still fucking start Rudy Gobert out there, and you can't do it. Like, if if the, the Warriors are going to go small ball and put Draymond at center, Rudy Gobert can't be on the floor. You wait until Kevon Looney goes in. <coughs> Excuse me. And then you throw – you can throw Gobert out there. Like, I get it. You're paying him a lot of money. It's the best defensive center in the game. Cool. The Warriors aren't playing on the inside, bro. Like, there's not going to be a single post shot taken. Probably not a single layup dunk. They're not going to get to the basket. They are going to try to beat you from the mid-range or from downtown. You can't put Rudy Gobert out there. Um, so, I would lean towards Maxi because I think I've seen it a little bit earlier. But I do think Jordan Poole has been very crucial and will continue to be very crucial to how deep the Warriors can go in the playoffs. So, sure. uh, The next one was um, Jordan Poole and Tyrese Halliburton. I, right now, I go Jordan Poole. I've seen it more. I do think Halliburton has a real, real chance to become uh, probably a top 10 point guard in this league, but it is it is hit or miss. And now with him switching franchises from the Kings to the Pacers, neither one really known for its success in the long run. Uh, they usually run their better players out of town pretty quickly. Sacramento did it with him already. Um, and I think that'll stunt his growth a little bit. And like I said, even if the Pacers were in the playoffs, man, Halliburton's probably their second, maybe the third best player. Is you know they're not doing a ton in the playoffs. Jordan Toscano or Jordan Toscano, Jordan Poole is is currently the third best option on that Warriors roster behind Stephen Clay, and that speaks volumes to me. So that's probably where I'd go with with Poole there. Um, I want you to rate so one two three, best to worst, three being the worst. Okay. These three defenders: Gary Payton, Marcus Smart, Tony Allen. Fuck. Um, people are gonna be upset with this. Here's what it is: um, Marcus Smart, Tony Allen, Gary Payton. Um, now it's very it's very very difficult first of all to even compare Allen and and Marcus Smart to each other they played in the league at the same time or at least relatively close to each other because the game has still changed a little bit then since then um as far as Gary Payton goes I love him I think he he is one of the best defensive guards of all time the the reason I have those two guys over him is because it's harder to play defense now the the rule book is written to 
give the offensive player an advantage. You're not allowed to hand check guys anymore. You you can't you know you can't put your hand on a guy as he drives to the basket. You can't do this. You can't do that. All these rules have been tailor made for the offense. The offense scores more. There's more dynamic scores in the game today. You know, I I think that today's game is built for offense. The '90s was built for defense. So I'm taking the best if not the second best defensive guard of the 90s, but it was easy to play defense back then, I think. Or it was easier, is what I'll say. I think the competition was a little bit down, and more importantly, the rule book allowed you to play defense better, whereas now Marcus Smart has to go out there and guard Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, knowing that he cannot put a single finger on them or he will be called for a foul. You know, like... That is a tough job to do, and that's what Marcus Smart's doing right now in the playoffs. He's guarding Kyrie Irving every single time down the court. I, I do like the fact that he won Defensive Player of the Year. More importantly, because it wasn't Rudy Gobert. I, I get it. Rudy Gobert's the best defensive center in the game. I have no qualms with that at all. He's probably the best shot blocker we have. He's an elite rim protector, one of the better rim protectors we've had in the last 10 to 15 years, 20 years even. The game is not played at the rim. You can't like it's it's like giving MVP to a running back right now in the NFL. It's it's a passing league, man. It's got to be a quarterback. Like unless you're doing like game like if Rudy Gobert is out there averaging six blocks a game, like putting up Wilt type numbers. All right, I'm like I can't. That's insanity. But he's not. He's putting up a solid three. We would have won DPOI. He probably would have won DPOI three or four times back in the 2000s. But what's more impressive, him going out there and guarding Draymond Green and Kevon Looney every single night? Or Marcus Smart going out there and having to hold Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant every night. Like the the ball is in the in the guys on the perimeter's hands, and that's who Marcus Smart has to match up with. You know, if I went and listed every single center that was starting in the playoffs, and then every single point slash shooting guard, whoever the best guard was on the team, the the level of talent that you would see at the guard spot versus the center spot, otherworldly. So that's why, to me, why I think Marcus Smart deserves DPOI, and that's why I'd put him at the top of that list. I can listen to you talk. I can listen to you talk. It's worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 it's not like you don't have a podcast or anything. Yeah, like yeah. If you, <laughs> if you want more of that, man, I tell you, you know where to find me at. All right, man. So we got more on sports later. We're gonna go into something else. Food stamps or a stimulus check? Which one would you prefer? Which one I'd rather have? Yeah. So let me put a limit on that, okay? Okay. Food stamps. Six hundred dollars worth of food stamps. Like a month. So. Just one, yeah, so one batch of them. You can spread it out. How you spread it out? Okay. Or six hundred dollars stimulus check. I mean, I would rather have the six hundred dollars just because I could do whatever with it. There's not limitations on what I can do with the money. So if I needed to put gas in my car, I can't put food stamps in my car. Like, mm-hmm. so I would probably go with the cash. To be honest, yeah. If it was more foods, like it was like twelve hundred in food stamps versus six hundred cash, I may have to sit back and think about that one. That's that's double the money. But for a flat six hundred on both, I would go cash. You know, money. Obviously, you think your girl would agree with you? Like when it comes to the household, I would think so. Just because she would, uh, you know, if we have a late Those bill, food stamps come in clutch, especially when it comes to like diapers and shit like that. Bro. They do, but at the same time, man, like uh, it's food. Food stamps can't pay my rent bill if I'm late. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's true. Food stamps can't keep the light on. Cash keeps the light on. So, All right. I think I think we talked about the next thing, but everybody's all ready for it. All right. He's back. 
That he is, man. That he is. That boy's coming back after a hiatus of a thousand eight hundred thirty-three days. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Five years, bro. This is Rucha. Five years. Twenty seventeen, right? That's when Damn came out. It's twenty twenty-two, man. Like that's that's ridiculous. Kung Fu Kenny's back, man. Last, hold on, I got Siri. How many days has it been since Kendrick Lamar's last album? Let's see if she can give you the exact days. Yeah, a thousand, a thousand four hundred, a thousand four hundred fifty nine days. Wow. When he drops, it's gonna be a thousand five hundred, a thousand eight hundred, right? When is he dropping? It's May thirteenth. Friday the thirteenth. Do you think he gets pushed back at all? Mm. I don't think it can. There's no way. Mm-hmm. There's no way you wait five years and then push it back the second you fucking announce when it's gonna come out. Because where if you push it back, like it's gonna people are gonna get mad. They're like, bro, you've had all the time in the world. Yeah, five years. We, we, we've been rushing you. You didn't bite on our rush. Like you had like you couldn't even not even said shit this week and be like I'm gonna drop it next week. Like, yeah, you could have you could have said May 21st. Motherfuckers have been like, all right, May 21st. I would have preferred then, to like, do that. What? Like give it a week. They like, push it back a week. Yeah. Like with the like, original. Drop it this week and drop it next week. That'd have been nice. There's a lot of music coming out, bro. I want to get your opinions on it. So we got Travis ramping up, Future's dropping. Jack Harlow's dropping, Kendrick Lamar's dropping, Pusha T's dropping, or he's dropped as we speak. Um, it's a lot of music coming out, bro. Mm-hmm. How you feeling? I'm excited, man. Well, I feel like I've been listening to Dawn FM and Yeet for Calvin, Calvin Harris is dropping. That I'm really excited for. Was it Funky Funk Wave Volume Funk, Funk Wave Volume Two, bro? I still listen to Volume One. That's my shit. Bro. I you I played it in the car a couple weeks ago, like. I'm mad excited for that now too. How you? I know there's a lot of music and shit, but how you feeling about it? Though? I think what one gets your interest more, I guess, besides Kendrick. Travis. I think ever since Astroworld, I've been pulled into his music more and more. Um, I am excited for Calvin Harris. Have you ever been a big Travis fan, like before Astroworld? Not really. Like I listen to the things here, and like Butterfly Effect, and I listen to. To pick up the phone and like just the mainstream stuff, and then Astroworld came out, and I dove into that album. The album's obviously I don't have to tell you anything about it. That album's fucking crazy. So it, it told me to go back and look at his other stuff, and so obviously I went back and listened to all the birds, and you find sweet, sweet, and through the late night, and all these other hits, and now I just I and everything he's done since. Astroworld too, like or even right before, like I loved Honcho Jack Jack Honcho. I don't really care what anybody else says. Like I like that album a lot. Um I like all the features he's done since. So Travis is definitely another guy that I'm super excited for. And I think the more and more we hear that's dropping, I think the more and more the question that I asked last week or the week before becomes valid. Like if this year can go to bat with 2017, 2016. So I'm not gonna have to like shut down the question. What well, I want you to give me, or first I want you to explain your question, and I'll give you my best answer. How about that? Like, do you think with with the things that we know now, yeah, and also the the things that are possible, like 
Like, who do you think is possible to drop this year that hasn't announced? Like, Drake, maybe? I, think, I, I guess we had talked about Rihanna last week. Yeah, Rihanna's possible. She's retired. She officially retired. She's done? Yeah. Not even dropping another album? No. But people think that that's foreshadowing. How so? Because Kendrick, Kendrick dropped on that. He dropped his tweet on the guy saying Kendrick officially retired. He put the album release date mm. on it and shit like that. Maybe. Uh, ASAP, possibly. Um, do you think there's any chance we get Drake this year? Another album? Or not? I was thinking about that earlier today. Is I... We're supposed to, like an EP, like three songs, two songs. We're supposed to get Post this year. Post next month. We're supposed to get New Baby this year. Yeah. Kendrick's dropping. Travis is dropping. So like, with all this stuff that we know is happening, the stuff the that we're like... Heavy hitters are coming. Yeah. Do you feel like with the heavy hitters and the things that are happening around it, do you feel like this year in music can stack up to anything that's happened, I'd say even in the last six years? 2016, 2017, 18, 19, 2021, this year. Well, yeah. Do you feel like this has a chance to be number one? Yeah. When it's said at the end of the year? Yeah. For the simple fact that, like, 2016, Kendrick didn't drop. Mm-hmm. Drake dropped? Views. Right? I think Views was 2016, yeah. J. Cole dropped? I think KOD was 2016. 2017. Was it 2017? Yeah. Look that up for me. I can never remember. Or I'll just look up rap albums from 2016. Right. My nose is stuffy, so I apologize if I'm just like breathing a lot. Uh, 2016. All right. Um, Life of Pablo. Untitled, unmastered. Coloring book, Jeffrey, Isaiah, Birds came out in 2016. Mm-hmm. Evil, Four Your Eyes Only was 2016. Um, Still Brazy, Shrimp Life Two, Lil Big Pock by Kodak, Slime Season Three, Views, uh, Prima Donna by Vince Staples, Savage Mode came out in 2016. Um, so there's definitely some hitters. The Art of the Hustle by Yo Gotti, Kali Grove, There's a Lot Going On by Vic Mensa, Major Key by DJ Khaled. So, I guess the biggest thing is, like, I wish Drake and them would have kept their project for this year. Like, Kanye's year. Like, with the things that he was doing. With, with Donda and everything. He kind of took over the year, so it was kind of like a new look. Like, motherfucker was doing stadium tours for unreleased music that we hadn't even heard yet. So... I think 2017 beats 2016. Oh, you say that? Yeah. So 2017 has Damn, uh, 444 by Jay Z, Flower Boy, Big Fish Theory, More Life, Culture, uh, The Never Story by Jid, All American Badass, Pretty Girls Like Trap Music. It's crazy because you think about you think about it now. It's like back then we probably would have been like oh, last year was probably kind of crazy because 2016 with the memories attached to it with the music. Like, we've had time between them to see what albums he's sticking with. Not a lot of those albums are big now. So. Which ones? 16 or 17? 17. Yeah, I mean, All American Badass. Hendrix, Without Warning. Um, Love is Rage 2, Future. Good for You by Mine. That was his debut album. At What Cost by Gold Link. Asa came out that year. You do me a favor. Hmm. 
can you go to Kendrick's catalog and look at like forever music has it eyes how many years has he has he usually taken between albums for Kendrick yeah I am Kendrick Lamar aka let's look at the albums so overly dedicated was 2010 Section 80 was 2011, so that's only a year. Good Kid, Mad City was 2012. It took three years. To Pimp a Butterfly came out. Another one-year break to Untitled Unmastered. Another one-year break to Damn. And then, actually, another one-year break to Black Panther that came out in 2018. But So it's really, it's really, this is by far and away the longest break. And outside of the three-year break between Section 80... But you can only take so many long breaks, like... Yeah. You can only stay away from the game for so long. Because if nothing else, like, you just, you're, like, five years is a long time, bro. Like, imagine where we were at five years ago. Yeah. Like, just imagine, like, if we were making music the whole time, like, imagine how much fucking music we would have made in five fucking years. And not all of it's good, probably not, but there's a lot of shit that's good in five years. Yeah. So is is the benefit better? Like, if we would have turned around and dropped to 2019... And then drop to 2021. I feel like he's better off than waiting five years to drop this now. Because I think his name would have cared. Like, I, I think we're still just as anticipated in 2019 as we are now. Yeah, but, like, this one probably looks a lot better just because all the shit that we've been through in that matter of issues, right? 20, 2019, I think 2019 had to be one of the most stagnant years that we've ever had. And just being here in America, bro, like, I don't know, because I, I barely remember 2019. It was such a blur to me. Yeah, bro. If the 2K wasn't good, I just don't remember that year for some reason. Like, 2K18, 2K19 was kind of bad, and I just, I really don't remember what I the fuck was going on. Those were when we was in college. Yeah. I remember that, like, it was in college in 2019. I, 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 I remember the college movies. I don't remember anything else outside that. I barely remember half the shit I did in college, though. Like, COVID. COVID fucked my mind on the timeline of everything that's ever happened. February 2020. Time? Non-existent. Yeah. Scrap it. It's a concept. It didn't fucking exist. Yeah. COVID fucking started over two years ago now. Started March 2020 was when we got sound from school. Spring break. That was was two years and a month ago. We were gearing up to go to Chicago with the boys. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I will never forget that. We had to cancel the trip and everything. Yep. The, I, I remember that. I remember that week. I don't remember shit after it. But it was like... First time in the world that I probably, for myself, felt a little bit scared. But also, like, I've never seen more unity in the United States for a lot of things that happened during that time happened. Time stood still there for yeah, a while. For a like... Like, I just remember that Wednesday night, they were like, yeah, we're not really sure what's going to happen. We'll kind of see where we're at, you know. The next day in the group chat, in our in our RA group chat, they're like, yeah, we're doing two weeks of spring break. We'll we'll talk about the checkout process and if it affects it. We went home, and, like, the Monday after we left, like, Monday to Wednesday, like, it wasn't even three, four days into spring break, into the two weeks, they're like, yeah, nobody's coming back. And you're like what the fuck is happening right now like and that was that classes went to online i didn't touch my computer and uh that was my college career right there boom done over with 
Um, moved back in with my parents. Chilled at home, bro. Played 2K. Stayed up till 4 a.m. for six months. Didn't do shit. That was it. Just played. Was it you, your parents, and your sister? Mm-hmm. Didn't we was we was like actually like on lockdown for a grip like we didn't go nowhere. My sister didn't leave the house for like eight to ten months, like because we we feel like she has the weakest immune system out of everybody. Like there was times, there's a time in high school, and it's been multiple times. There's a time in high school where well, it's her senior year. It's my freshman year, Butler. Um, was it my freshman year? It was the second semester of freshman year. I had stopped going home as often. That's when we was rooming together. Um, where I went home for Thanksgiving and she was sick, she had bronchitis and then you know, you come back three, four weeks Christmas break comes comes around I go home again and she's sick, I was like damn bro, like you just you fucking just turned around and caught that shit and they're like, nah, she's had bronchitis for three months like, so that's, she was in the house like, we didn't want her going nowhere they was, my parents and were terrified of her catching that shit at the beginning so eventually it kind of lightened up around August um uh, as much like, as you were going through that shit like, I'm still shocked to this day that your parents let you go to Cali I am too, bro. I'm shocked that that trip ever happened. Like, I think the it had kind of worn off in the five months. Yeah, it was that was five months before. Well, was it August before August, we went? Yeah. No, July. It was like it had to be July. So it was still four months and kind of worn off a tad bit. And then I came back, and that's when I got my job at Dick's. Was that August? I'm coming up on two years to that company in August. This like that that to me doesn't seem real. That doesn't sound right at all to me. Like. That's that's weird. Was last year blurry, or do you remember a lot from last year? I don't remember shit from last year. Um, cause I think about it like, like it wouldn't have taken long. Cause I worked, I worked at Dixon, Wichita, from August to like January, I'd say. So that's that's five months. Like, I've worked. Not only have I worked longer up here now, which doesn't sound right to start with. I've worked. Twice as long at this Manhattan store that I did in Wichita, which definitely doesn't fucking sound right. For a year? Yeah, I've been. I got to the Manhattan store in February last year. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> so like I we I what signaled it is like so when we do our seasonal moves like for the winter time baseball kind of gets crunched down into the wall into football and, and soccer it all kind of condenses down so we put all the jackets and the outerwears up the front of the store and then come February baseball season starts to gear up cold weather's ending they move all that shit back and baseball spreads out takes out that whole front wall again so we went to move that stuff out this year and I was like damn that was the first those were my first days last year was I got to the store and they were just teaching me like that was the first time I really like torn down the shelves and all the gondo piece and everything so that my first like week was tearing all that shit down and moving baseball over and and we did it this year and I was like damn I've been here for a year already. that's crazy so that that is one that feels seriously augmented and also my time at Walmart feels seriously weird which happened before COVID but like it feels like COVID ended my run at Walmart but I stopped going there like a month before COVID happened. So, like, I always just feel like that COVID was the thing that sent me home from Walmart, but I quit that shit, like, a month before it happened. You know, what's funny is I was I was near my year. I'm near my year at the radio station in, like, two months. Is that facts? 
Damn. I got that bitch at the end of June. Yeah, that definitely doesn't fucking sound right to me at all. Um. Yeah, it's man. Time's a son of a bitch. I'll tell you that much. Like, I just, I feel like I can't remember shit no more. My nigga, you do. You got a time capsule in front of you, bro. Look at your son. I know. Well, five months just doesn't seem like that long of a time, but it is. Like, like I sit here, I'm like, I couldn't. And it's really like. What really fucks with me is I like resurface YouTube videos that I used to watch all the time, like like old music videos or like when I was listening to the slow shit. And I'd sit there and be listening to it at work, and I was like, "Damn, I was listening to this shit in like December." And you're like, "Ah, oh, that wasn't that long ago." And I'm like, "My son was just born, and like that was five months. Like we are it is fucking April. Not only that, I'm gonna turn 24 years old in August, which is real. Like, I was just." At college, like it feels, it still feels like I left Butler like a year ago. That's been two years. It's, it's basically when COVID started. Obviously, that's when we left. I was enrolled in online classes. I didn't do a damn one. Like when I tell you that I did not touch my computer, like I went home for spring break and I might as well have just been dismissed for the semester. Failed all my classes that year. Ain't ain't touched college since. I gotta start paying on my student loans actually next month too. Paused. I think the pause ended. I think. No, they paused. They paused it again. Yeah. I I tell you what, I did get a voicemail about a month or so ago, and it made me worried, but I never followed in on it. So I'm about to go double check on that because that's an extra 150, 200 bucks a month right there that I really don't have right now. So. We got something in our minds too, but yeah, they paused it. I got the email the other day. I know Biden paused it. I think it's like only until like August or some shit like that. You know what album I was listening to the other day that I was kind of like, like in shock that like people like don't fuck with as much. Mm-hmm. Kind of mm-hmm. Man, that that Migos album, bro. What? Which one? That Culture. Culture one. Yeah. No, 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 not Culture one. Culture two, uh, three. That shit was good, bro. I really fucked with that album. I was listening to it, I think it was Saturday night, and I was like, bro, like, this album was so fucking good, but we just didn't really give it a chance like that. Yeah, I've been listening to that shit for some... You know me, I had that shit on repeat for the longest time, bro. It's always the music that a lot of people just, like, don't stick with it. You stick with it as well. Yeah, well, it's just, like... Music is good, like... People just get caught up in their expectations. Yeah, and culture three drops, and I'm like, "Well, this ain't culture, so that shit's ass." I'm like, "Fuck you, bro." Just because culture's a ten, culture three is an eight and a half, doesn't mean culture three is bad by any stretch. Like, bro, time. When we was bumping that album, and I'll never forget, bro. When did the album come out? You pick me up, bro. Uh, May or April. It's coming up on a year. Like that doesn't seem right to me. Bro, that like, that album came out two months ago. I'm Stop lying to me. We went to Georgia last year. We took your car all the way. Like, I still don't know how the fuck we made it down there. I really want to take it to Cali, but I I just I'm worried about it breaking down. You think it'll break down? Uh, it's not. You like I, there's a chance. Yeah. You know, like like I want to get that license plate out to Cali so bad. 
where the nickname started and everything. I'm not going to say it because I don't want to put my fucking license plate out there, but I have my one of my nicknames that I got when we were in California is my license plate. And it hasn't, I wanted to make the trip out there so bad, but it's just, you're putting a lot of miles on your car. We did that. Like, I put a lot of them on when I went to Georgia, and I still need to get my oil changed for that shit, but yeah, man. Like, easy like i feel like three thousand four thousand miles on it like it's a lot bro like let me let's look at how far columbus georgia is away from here like well yeah that's just like the trip down there not a, not only the fucking uh all the driving that we did back and forth from ga to like it's a flat thousand miles to get from here to atlanta just about it's it's about 65 short of flat but like an easy 2000 2500 miles got put on my card that that trip so it's just one of those things where you're just putting yourself at risk cuz you're uh you're just driving a lot it's just a lot of miles it speeds it up so, yeah, but COVID really just fucked all type of my timeline up on how shit happened. So, music was altered, sports was altered, everything, man. Like, man, it's bro, like, like sports titles are hard to remember for me in the last three oh, years. This is like, Mad Russo? Oh, my God. Don't get me started on that oh motherfucker, bro. God, like, motherfuckers really just be shitting on that ring that we got with the fucking Lakers, bro. Like, oh my God. They were like, they were in the bubble. That was a different time. It was. No other team. Like, you can say it's easy. That's fine. Whatever you want to say. You're entitled to your opinion. I think there may be an argument to be had there. No other team has ever won a title in that situation. So as much as you may think that that situation is easy... The bottom line and the thing that can't be fucking argued with is that situation was different. The Lakers had to go down there and for 26 games, 28, 30 games, had to play a completely different game of basketball. And they came out on top in those 30 games. No other team has ever, or hopefully, hope to God, will never win that type of title again. So you could say it's easy, that's your opinion. The bottom line is it's different. And different is uncomfortable. When you're an NBA player and you get used to the travel and the schedule and you do this and that and you go out to this nightclub and you go out to this city and you see this homeboy and, you know, you do this after the game, you know, you drive a certain type of car back to your house after every home game and whatever and this and that, like, you get into a routine. There are things you do. I drive to the practice squad gym. I go to Smoothie King. I go back to the practice squad gym. I go home and I rest. I come back for the game. Like, that's it. In the bubble, it's like, you walk like you you walk across campus, you go to the gym, you go you walk back across, you get a protein shake, you walk back like it's completely different. The game is different, no fan noise, no crowd, like everything was different. You so, were the, the, the pick me up for yourself. Literally, like yeah. there was no that and as much as like people could say whatever they want to, like without sporting events without fans. It's so much different. And if you ever, like, people get lost in the fact with, you know, like, being basketball and football and everything and, like, the stands being empty isn't that big of a deal, whatever. If you really want to feel, like, 
Like, if you want to know how weird sporting events really are without fans, watch wrestling. Watch watch pandemic wrestling. It's so fun. And it's, it was hard for me to watch because it was so weird. Like, what's the best part about, like, when you think about a Jeff Hardy entrance or you think about a John Cena's 08 Royal Rumble return, what's the best fucking part about that entrance is the fact that you get goosebumps because 70,000 people in Madison Square Garden are screaming their fucking head off because this guy was supposed to be injured for another four months. And here he is winning the Royal Rumble. That's what makes that moment. John Cena coming out and beating Triple H and Batista in that final three at the 2008 Royal Rumble means nothing if the stands are empty. Like he's just the music's playing, he's doing the things, and he's like, there's no like, who's he interacting? Exactly. Like it's such a weird thing to watch. It was weird for me to watch as a wrestling fan. Like. And it's it's not as exaggerated because the fans aren't as involved in basketball and football and stuff, but it is still extremely weird to get used to. Like during that time, we're like for music, because motherfucker, the audience was there. Yep. What we had to do, you could flood the streets with music. That was the perfect time to flood streets with music. Hell yeah. Motherfucker, on top of flooding the streets with music, that was the perfect time to flood the streets on SoundCloud. Niggas ain't had shit to do. Yep. Your rap career could have took off right then and there. Like, come on now. Agreed. You're not wrong at all. We went on a little tangent there. Let's get into some. Let's get into some. Uh, some advertisements, man. We got a word from our sponsor coming up next. Back live at you from uh, BDO headquarters. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ski. We're gonna get into some uh, some more talk. So next today we got. Uh, we talked about Kendrick's album. Best in rappers. Yes, best in rappers or just best in artists in general. Um, we're gonna play some artists for this boy named Owen the Burt Goat, and uh, we're gonna see if you would invest in him if he was a record label company. How about that? Bring it on, dog. So, first one, I'm gonna play the music and you tell me what you think, alright? Mm hmm. say no um nothing really hops off the page to me super much um also like if you're from being real white and executive like about it the 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 subject matter is a little too street where not only is i feel like it's going to be hard to sell i don't know if my artist is uh, not going to be in jail within the next three years so <laughs> I'm like the, the first 
The first three bars I heard was him describing the gun that he had on him in the studio. And I'm just like, all right, dog, you're coming off a little too strong right now. And then you didn't follow it up with nothing else. So that's a that's low shimmy. Really? We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the person that I found there quarantine, like peak of quarantine was him. I found him from Lamar, because Lamar had a song that he kept playing in the locker room. That's like one of Lamar's like best friends. Really? Well, El Me, I guess. By Lamar I mean Lamar Jackson. The El Me. Yeah, I mean not El usually Nah bro, El Me W eight. But this song right here. I think I, I I think I even showed you it, bro. Like this song, like took me by storm. I looked for this song for like three months before he dropped it. Like I like that, and I feel like I feel like I got kind of that vibe from the second song but I didn't hear it enough but that's I do like that sound because I don't think a lot of people have that type of sound he fucking like that it's a good that, that kind of reminds me of Melly like kind of a little yeah. bit I mean he's Florida yeah there's just the the singing but also like it's very clearly trap slash rap alright got one more person how about this we got a couple, couple more people. two more two more alright So, so to get real technical here, um, when you're when you're looking at investments and things, like you have long term investments, you have short term investments. Like, like a lot of the cryptocurrencies are, are really volatile because you can you can get it on the ground floor, and if it spikes by, if it goes from one cent to ten cents, that doesn't seem like a lot. But if you put two hundred dollars in, uh, two hundred dollars just went to. Two thousand dollars to twenty thousand. You know, like the growth is there, um, but they're very volatile because as much as they may blow up right there, they may get you that two thousand dollars and you may hold them. They could just as quickly turn around and go right back down to a tenth of a cent, and now your two hundred dollars is twenty dollars. Just all within two weeks. You know, all within a month, three months, six months, whatever. All within a year, usually. Long-term investments: Google, Apple. Tesla shit that I'm like I'm gonna buy this stuff right now and for the next ten years it's consistently gonna go up by eight to ten percent. This is a short term investment where I'm like I'm gonna put my money into it right now and within two years I'm probably gonna pull my money right back out. So like for for the game's sake, no, I wouldn't invest. I do think he's gonna pop and I think there's gonna be an audience for it and a sound for it right now and for the short period, but that's gonna get really played out and I don't think it's gonna take it's not gonna bring long term like sustainable success. So that's what I would say about that one. What do you think about this? 
Sorry, I'm queuing up the music, man. Q and A, Q and A, Q and A. say yes I, I think there's a lot of diversity in the music there like I feel like I saw two different styles anytime you can bring two to three different styles to the table is usually a good sign because it means like if one style gets played out you're not screwed like fast rappers tend to come and go pretty quickly because once people figure out what you're doing it's not as impressive anymore but if you can switch up especially on the same project and go from this sound to that sound now sometimes guys can start at one of those sounds and then evolve to another one and then evolve to another one and that is usually very sustainable as well when you can bring them to the same plate you know you bring them all to the same album it it gives you a really diverse listening experience and that's something that's somebody that i would invest in who who was it? BK the ruler. Alright, we gotta bring it on. I would say yes. It's not a slam dunk yes, but I like what I heard there. It feels like a short-term investment, but I feel like, I don't know why, I feel like this this sound has an evolvability to it. Like, it could grow as a sound, and I feel like he can grow as an artist. Um, Also, it sounds like the production on there is nasty. That sample, the the Scarface sample at the beginning was tough um, on that first song. So... Anytime you can bring the the production aspect of it into your music at a low level, it's definitely something I want to invest in as well. So, yeah, that's my boy, Baby Santana, Columbus, Georgia. Yeah, that's a good one. I wanted to know what you thought about that. Like, all three of these people you're going to see this weekend. So, it's going to be. I want to get your. 
after you watch all these people, we're gonna talk about this next week on the show, which you rate them as a performer as well. Okay. So, give me a rating from what you've heard from Tekka now of some of his music. What would you rate him? Uh, I have not listened. I, I still haven't listened to that album yet, of course. Um, definitely probably what I'll be doing tomorrow and the next day, obviously. Yeah, but this is probably the only song you listen to, huh? Obviously. I wouldn't say it's the only one. I'm sure I've heard other ones here and there, but the ones that I can name you, yeah. But I like Tekka. Um, I, I like... I feel like he has a very small body of work, and I feel like it's been quality work up to this point. Um, obviously, if if you're the way you talk about the album, feels like the one that I haven't listened to tacks in very well with the things that he has before. I think he has marketability, um, and I, I feel like he's on the rise. Uh, I'm waiting to see the the next step. Because I feel like where he's he's been at this spot, if he tacks in this album, tacks in with what he has previously, um, he's a he's a bright young star. But you can only be a bright young star for a while before you know it becomes a disappointment. Because you know I was waiting for you to take that next step. I was waiting for you to get in the studio with Travis and and Mike Dean and Future, and like I was waiting for you to to evolve the sound into one of those types or maybe both even like so I, I would give him like like a strong seven six seven somewhere in there the upside is 100 percent there but upside can only get you so far maybe santana santana feels to to put this in sports knowledge like tech it to me feels like kenny pickett ready to play now Still has upside, not super high, but a guy that is a safe pick, somebody I would bet on going forward. Whereas Baby Santana feels a lot like a, like a Malik Willis. The red flags are there. We don't know if it's sustainable. Can it be a successful thing long term? But the upside, otherworldly. Like all the. The intangibles are there. The things that you can't really measure, and even the things you can't measure, arm strength, the mobileness behind the line of scrimmage, the can he fix the things that are wrong, and can he continue to grow? Can you evolve the game? Can you continue to to do the things that you do well? Can you get better at those? And also, can you add new things to your game? So Santana feels like, like a 5 or a 6, lower than Tekka, but I think the upside is higher. Whereas I think I think Tekka caps out like an an eight or a nine. I think Santana has a chance to be a ten. To be hundred percent honest, um, I think Tekka does too. But it's a it's a much longer shot versus about, Santana. Uh, we're ending off with BK and Chris. Which one was that? BK is a girl. Mm-hmm. You had you were saying that you would do it because you're the diversity. Left to hold on, left to right. Oh, okay. Um. That one's tough. I, I would sit him right, probably right about where Santana's at as well. I don't think the upside is high as, as either. Um, that to me feels like like Tekka's upside mixed with where Santana's at right now. It's so like a five or a six capability to hit a seven, possibly an eight. 
they're gonna have to really really evolve the sound to get up to that nine and ten range and it's first of all it's impossible to predict and also like it's you're asking a lot of an artist to be able to grow that much so i want to we're going to talk i want to talk about the tour in detail but i want to like as a person it's always fun going into these concerts with you because you never really lose it like that mm-hmm. so when you finally go to this concert and like you see them perform and you listen to their music I want to get what you think like how the crowd control and shit like that but yeah we'll sounds good yeah. got two more really really tough um it sounds kind of like yb to me a little bit i feel like I, I hear an influence there and that one i would probably say no just off the basis of either that's gonna blow up and it's gonna be a 10 and i'm gonna regret it or it's gonna be a two and i'm gonna regret it because i i bought in thinking it was gonna be a 10 that sounds like there's no middle ground to that sound either that guy's not gonna be making music in three years or he's gonna be like secondhand a young boy in that sound. Have you heard this right here? Yeah, I've heard of that one, yep. Yeah, it's blowing up for That's Hot Boy. He's a, he's a quarter guy. Last one. Ready? Right on. say yes um i like i feel like i get a tad bit of lyricism there but it's not too much where it's going to turn people away i feel like a lot of people hear j cole and they're like i'm not trying to go to fucking english class to listen to music that feels like the the middle in between that crowd and the the designer 
blase blase fucking future crowd so I would say yes because I feel like you're able to to bend that you're able to push that envelope without breaking it I do feel like when people do that what the it's, it's not even about thinking just listen now uh, granted sometimes you listen and then you sit there and you're like damn that's crazy you gotta open your fucking ears for you. The issue is motherfuckers don't listen to music anymore. They just be kicking that shit on and be like, oh, this shit go hard. And I'm like, you haven't heard a word that motherfucker said. Like, not a fucking word. Like, because people try to tell me that Drake can't rap. And I'm like, does he have corny bars? Yes, there's there's corny everywhere. I'm not gonna fucking sit here and deny you. Like, that motherfucker's wordplay is legit. And if you sit there and tell me that he can't rap, you're not listening. Right. You listen to the delivery, and you're like, I ain't even coming with nothing. All right, cool. He doesn't have to, like, motherfuckers don't, and that's the thing that's always pissed me off about Four Your Eyes Only, too, like, because motherfuckers don't want to sit down and listen. They're like, this motherfucker talk too much. I'm like, it's a fucking rap song, bro. Like, what do you mean he's talking too much? It's like, it's a story album. Like, I get it. Cool. It's not your style. That's fine. It doesn't mean it's bad by any stretch. So, yeah, it does bother me every once in a while, but... It's because motherfuckers are uninformed, and they feel like motherfuckers look at the box score and they're like, "I'm an I'm an NBA analyst." No, the fuck you're not. You know how to read a fucking stat sheet. That's all you did. You can get by every once in a while. Don't get me wrong. I've done it plenty of times, but you don't know the full depth of it because. What do you, what do you think you are? You think you're an analyst? When it comes to what? Sports. What would you consider yourself? I, I, I would. I would say. I definitely wouldn't call myself an analyst because I don't watch enough. Like, I'm real enough with myself to say that. I think about certain teams and certain players, I could call myself that. Definitely not in the NBA because, like, this year, like, Darius Garland popped. I didn't fucking know about it until the All-Star break. I was like, that motherfucker's up there in the All-Star break? Yeah, that motherfucker had a crazy year. And I, even looking at box scores sometimes, I didn't fucking know that. So, um, with basketball, no. I think I can look at a box score and know enough about what's happening and watching highlights, I can know enough to get myself by. With football, I feel like I have a, first of all, I have a lot more of a willingness to go dig and dive. And like, like I sat down and watched game. I watched film on Ika McQuanu, Evan Neal, and Charles Cross for this draft class. Because I had to figure out who the best tackle was. Because I feel like that's where Jacksonville should go. So I put a tackle at number one on my mock draft. And I had to figure out who I felt like was the best fit for Jacksonville at the tackle spot. Um, sit down and watch wide receiver tape. And you watch quarterback tape. And figuring out what's a red flag to you versus what Mel Kuyper thinks is a red flag are two very, very different things. So I'm definitely more of an analyst for football than I am basketball. Because I think there's more of a willingness. I think I know the game a little bit better as well. Um but still, even then, like I can't sit down and call myself an NFL analyst because I don't watch every other fucking game out there. I don't have the time, first of all. I work most Sundays anyways. And even if I did, there's three, four games going on. Like I'd have to sit down and be able to watch a decent bit of all the games to have a decent knowledge. Now, like I said, I can sit down and look at stat sheets. And, and most of the time, the reason I'm able to keep up is because I hear a topic. I hear Jerry Judy's uh, a a top 10 route run in the league. And I'm like, I know he's good, but hold on. I'm like, all right, well, let me go look. I kick on the Jerry Judy tape. I'm like, good Lord, this man 
is two scalpels for feet. Like, this is surgical level footwork I'm seeing out of Jerry Judy. I back that take. Yes, he is. He is a top 10 rounder in the game. So, things like that. Like, whereas, like, music, like, I wouldn't consider myself an analyst for music, but if you said, I mean, if you were like, what do you think of this out? Or if you were like, um, Birds is a better album than Astroworld. I'd be like, first of all, you're drunk. But then, like, it started to really get there, and I started to think about it. Like, all right, well, let me go listen, you know. And then at that point, I could tell you I feel like I'm an analyst. I feel like I could tell you yes or no, you know. Like, I don't think you could consider yourself an analyst until a question is posed and you go look for it. Unless that is your job. Like, Daniel Jeremiah, Peter Schrager, Ian Rappaport, like, those guys live, breathe football. They have to. It's their job. They're getting paid to do it. They have to do it. That's why they're analysts. For anybody else that's not being paid to do their job, to me, you're almost a scientist. Like, scientists can't answer a question until it's asked. You can't consider yourself an analyst about a certain player, team, sport, take until a question is posed. Because most people, like, if you have a full-time job, you don't have the time to be an analyst. You can't sit down and watch the Commanders and the Jets play on a Sunday afternoon because either you're at work... Would you say somebody like me that's, like, dedicated their whole life to music? I would say you're an analyst, 100%. Um... And I'll tell you that if you're not a certain, if you're not an analyst about a certain type of music, I know that the second I tell you that, you will be in the next week. That's because you care about it. Like, like if you sat there and tried to tell me that Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than fucking Joe Burrow, I'd be like, hold on. I'm like, let me kick on the tape. I, I seriously disagree, but let me kick on the tape, you know. And I sit there and I watch and you watch and you watch and this and that, variable this, variable there. And you're like, you're wrong, but I could definitely see where you're coming from. You know, like with sports, it's more of a, like, I feel like the question has to be posed. Because also, like, the question has to be posed because things are so fluid. There is so much talent. Like, receiver is always my go-to. There are so many talented receivers in today's game. Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the game. And you're like, so who's number two? And you're like, fuck if I know. Right. Is it Tyreek Hill? Is it D-Hop? Is it, is it Stephon Diggs? Those are perfect three examples. What do I need? Devon, uh, DeAndre Hopkins has the best hands in the league. Probably one of the larger catch radiuses in the league. It's just going to bring in everything. as an explosive playmaker over the top. We all know what Tyreek Hill does well. He's going to get down the field. He's going to take the top off the defense. He's also a very, very gifted route runner as well. And you look at Stephon Diggs, he is the route runner. Like, that is probably – he's probably the second-best route runner in the league behind Devontae Adams. I think Devontae is very surgical with his feet as well. But, like, that is his specialty, you know. So, it's very hard to, to gauge those three guys because I don't – it depends on what you need. Like, when you're looking overall, I'd probably say Tyree Kill out of those three guys because – no, not over Devontae. I'd say at two over over Diggs and there's there's definitely guys that I'm forgetting. Like people try to bring Justin Jefferson in the conversation. That's crazy because I know Diop's your favorite. I love Diop. I do think when healthy Diop's probably the 
I, I don't think I could call him the best receiver in the game over Devontae. The, the success that Devontae Adams has had in the last two years is very, very hard to ignore. But I don't think that Devontae Adams got his credit for the success he had the three years before that. Devontae Adams led the league in receiving yards and was second in receiving touchdowns in, in Houston. He had four games to Deshaun Watson, and then the other starts were split by Tom Savage, Brock Osweiler, and TJ Yates. Led the league in receiving yards. Also, Josh Gordon... Never, ever has gotten enough credit for what he did in Cleveland. We know what Cleveland's quarterback situation is like. That guy led the league in receiving yards twice. With God knows who his fucking quarterback was. Like, fucking crazy. Josh Gordon was that fucking guy. With Lash. Exactly. So, there's so much talent in the league today that, like... Did he even get, like, any touches when he was at the Chiefs fashion? Not really. He got... Little bits here and there. We'll see if I don't know if he's on contract this year or not. No, but I think, I think he left. But I mean, they have Juju, they have McColl. There's they're probably going to take a guy in the first round. I think, I think in my mock draft, I had them trading up to take Chris Olave, which is terrifying. Um, Chris Olave comes in and replaces Tyreek Hill pretty easily. Not pretty easily, pretty well. I think he does a good job of that. Um, there's some talented receivers in this class, man. There's a lot of, like, people try to tell me it's not a deep class. There's no, like, surefire pro bowlers, but there is a shit ton of, this guy has a real good chance of being a pro bowler. Like, like you just kind of feel it with certain guys. Like, Trevor Lawrence, like, that's a franchise quarterback. Like, this guy, like, I feel like it with, with Malik Willis. I think Kenny Pickett has a chance. Desmond Ritter, I think, even has a chance. So, like, there's not as many locks, but there's a lot of guys that have a what if next to their name. So, yeah, really go listen to that that mock draft episode. I really like what we did and how we kind of dove into each prospect along the way. So, hey guys, let's get into it. I got one thing, and then the rest is just sports. So, we'll get into it. Bring it on. Um, top tier list five being perfect. Four being great, three being good, two being eh, well, two being okay, and then one being like trash. Gotcha. Okay. I'm gonna go two discographies. Okay. Love is Rage by Lil Uzi. Do you have the album covers in there, by chance? Four. Four. Yeah, I don't think it it eclipses that top, but it's very very good. Five. Yeah. Which album is that? What's that one called? I can never remember Uzi's album titles. Yeah, that's a five. The Perfect Love Team. Three. It's a really... I'm really close to putting that in the four category, but I do think there's separation between that and Love is Rage. Love is Rage, too. I'm extremely biased, and I want to put that as a five, but I'll... Am I am I going too far by making Love Is Rage two a five? That's his best album. That's a five then. Fine. I feel I thought I was being biased. I was going to put it a four. That's a five to me. Eternal take. Eternal take. I really haven't listened to it enough to to kind of feel like I have the right to rank it at all. Um, situationally, the hype that it had and where we thought what we thought it was, it's a one. There's no doubt in my fucking mind about it. Musically, again, I don't feel like I have enough. To give it, mm-hmm. I would put it as a two just off instincts. 
Um, the deluxe? I, it doesn't change too much to me okay. either way. That album flopped, mainly because of the expectations and it got pushed back and what we thought it was going to be. That album's a one off all that. Future versus Baby Pluto. Well, Pluto was Two. Two. Feels again, it feels like another one that I was really excited for and just didn't live up to the hype at all. Are you ready? Yeah. Stone. Mmm. Uh, five. Five. That's a close one, but I'd go five, yeah. Beer Bongs and Bentley is just, am I wrong to say it's a five? My bias says five. Sure, we serve both. My bias says five. I'm going to say five. I'm going to stick with that. Hollywood Bleeding is a four to me. It's, it is one more smash hit away from being a five. Like, I feel like it's all there, but there's something missing. I feel like there's one track that's missing off there, and it would be there. Right? Bruno. Fuck. This one's tough because my bias is just gonna kick the whole time. A sideline story. No bias. Let me choose you. Well, it's your bias, but give me a chance. Sideline story is a five to me. Okay. I love that album. It's very good. It's the introduction. It brings everything to the table to me. Born singer. Now this is what everyone thinks his best album is. Everyone would give this a five. I would probably go four here, just because it's not my favorite piece of work. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn my nose up at a five, five. Yeah, twenty fourteen four sales is a, is a no doubt five. Just it's I twenty fourteen is way too iconic not to be a five. Revenge of the Dreamers two. I don't feel like I've listened to this enough as I should have. Um. I would say a, a a four. I feel like my gut says three, but I feel like I'm disrespecting the album to put it at three. But I'm gonna stick with three. Four eyes only to me. This is it's at least a four in my mind. It's a five. When you go into it with no expectations and you're like, let's see what the fuck he's talking about, and you go in with what is J Cole's message here, and you're like, okay, here's what he's trying to do. Let's see the execution. It's a fucking five. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I would say four. When you stack it up to the other works in a general music sense, I feel like it comes down to a four. KOD is tough. I feel like it's extremely underrated and overrated at the same time. I would say it's a four. Um, High three, low four type area for KOD. Revenge of the Dreamers 3 is a 5 to me. Um, the the production, the the collabs, the just the way it came out, like the overall product is insanity. Like the way that they're able to just manage it because it's a lot to manage like all the artists they bring in, all the producers they bring in and everything that they're looking at like it's very easy to over edit your shit when you have this many eyes on it and I felt like it was perfect. I don't think it was overthought. I don't think they overdid anything. There was no songs where I felt like everything was kind of jammed onto it. There's a lot happening on a lot of songs, but it all feels manageable and it's done in a very very well-rounded way. I give RD3 a 5.
The off season is tough. I feel like a lot of people like this album a lot more than I do, to be 100% honest with you. And I can't tell if it's a good or a bad thing, but I kick it on. I feel like I get two songs deep, and then 20 minutes later the album's over, and I'm like, I don't even... I zoned out. Like, I feel like I didn't listen to the album. Um, I would say it's a four. That one's tough. My Honestly, my gut says three, but... Again, I was harder on that album than most people were. So I'd say it's a four. That's what I'm doing. Bring it on. Excuse me. Sorry. Ooh. I didn't listen to the Slaughter Tape enough to feel like I can rate it at all. I don't think I listened to it at all, to be 100% honest with you. From what I've heard, it's a four. Slaughter King, again, not completely on the sound yet. I did listen to Dip Dip just because I was that high school kid that loved to slap the bass in his car and break the speakers out, and Dip Dip did exactly that. I would give Slaughter King a three. Savage Mode, five. No doubt. Sets the tone for his career. Puts him on the map in my eyes. And that's like the, the tone setter. Issa was... Musically, Issa is a two. I think I feel like it elevates to a three just because of its commercial success, the things it was able to do on the radio. Um, but musically, and when you compare it to his his work, it's a two. Without warning, it's a five to me. You know me; I love this album. I love Offset. I feel like they did it well. Ric Flair Drip is still one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, I would probably put that as a four overall. I am. I was as a five. Aged beautifully, great features, just a great fucking album. Savage Mode 2 musically feels like a 4 when you tack the production on it to 5. That album is extremely underrated. The Morgan Freeman narrating, Snitches and Rats, that fucking album is crazy. I'd give Savage Mode 2 a 5 as well. Heaven or Hell. Uh, feels like a, a very, very strong three, like a week four. It's right there. I feel like, honestly, it's probably a four, and TikTok brought it down because it just it, it got played up. But, like, Euphoria and, uh, was it House Party? Yeah. Two very, very good songs. The production on that album is otherworldly to boot. Jack Boys. It, it feels like when I... My expectation was like a three. I don't have high hopes for collab tapes because it's really easy to fuck them up a lot of the times. Um, that one I feel like exceeded expectations. It didn't like smash it with a, with a sledgehammer like RD3 did. But to me it definitely exceeded expectations. I'd give it a four. It's tough. Yeah. Jack Boys is tough. I feel like also it was a strong four and TikTok brought it down to like a a, a low four. No. Is it TikTok that I'm thinking of? Maybe maybe it just got overplayed for me, but two more. Not not said last one. 
Tickets to my downfall by MGK. Um, musically is a three, probably a four. Nostalgia makes it a five. If you listen to to dad rock, butt rock, as it's called a lot of the times, in like oh four, oh five, oh six, and you get caught in the the Green Day puddle of mud, three doors down type sound. Yeah, it slaps. When you kind of sit back and you listen to it, it, it does have its flaws. I would give it a three. Donda. I was like, the cover art ain't loading. No, it's just a black screen. Um, hot take. And this is obviously, this is only for the fucking people that got a chance to go to the stadium tour. That album to me is a... Is that, am I overstepping? I don't want to say it's a three because I feel like it's very disrespectful, but I also don't feel like it's a four. When we listen to it in Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta, it's a five. He held it for another two weeks. I think he. This is where I feel like he over-edited. I feel like he had such a good album on his hands, and I feel like he spent too much time with it and over-edited and changed things that shouldn't have been changed, and it brought it down. It should be a five. It's not. To me, it's a high three. I definitely wouldn't be mad if you added it a four. I know one of the most of the cancers one of the concerts that we stayed the whole time we could have sat too. we definitely could have sat down there was no hype <laughs> happening at all yeah but Donda like when we listened to it in in, in Mercedes Benz all the people around I'm like that was fucking crazy that album's a five it's album of the year and it came out and I'm like why would you take that off or like why would you add this in and he definitely over edited that album in my mind Fast track. We're almost to the end, man. I'll knock it out. First, KD says on the stars getting good, it's like it's do you agree with this suggestion? KD says that it's rooted with love. They, they once loved you, they cheered for you, they bought your merch. When it's ripped from them, they just feel like it's a piece that's gone. 110%. I don't think you could be any truer about the situation. Like I don't there's no holes to be poked in that because it's Especially if you were to turn around and go to a team that has significance. Like, for um, for a Ravens player to go sign with the Steelers sucks. I hate it. Like, uh, God, what's his name? Chris uh, Wormley. Not a huge name. Most people outside of Pittsburgh and Baltimore have no idea who the fuck that is. He's a defensive end for us. We picked him like the fourth round, kind of a rotational guy. He's a, a taller defensive end, like 6'5", 6'6". He got traded to Pittsburgh for like a fifth-round pick a couple years back. He sacked Tyler Huntley in one of the games this year, and it hurt my soul. Um, and that's not even a big name. Like, KD going to the Warriors is probably the most painful thing any fan base has ever had to go to. Not that the Warriors and the Thunder have had such a great rivalry before, the Thunder were up 3-1 on them in the Western Conference Finals. And they blew it. Kevin Durant disappeared in games four, five, or games 5, 6, and 7. They lost the series. Not only... Again, it would have hurt. OKC would have booed that man the second he walked back in the stadium, no matter what, if he would have left. If he went to Washington, if he went to anywhere, L.A., any team that was in the running for him, him going to the Warriors was a whole nother level. Um, I don't know if there's a situation out there that 
that can magnify what that move was to OKC fans. Um, I don't think there's any situation in NBA history where it could be replicated, to be honest. honest. Um, other than possibly like... No, even then. It would have been the decision if LeBron went to Boston. That's what it would have been. Um, people like to, to throw the super team thing on LeBron. First of all, the Bulls were a super team. Dennis Rodman may not have been an also. You don't want to dig into this? No, nah, because I'm trying to say that for another show. Fair enough. We literally talked about this last night. Um, LeBron to Boston would have possibly been it because Boston had give Cleveland problems in the playoffs a lot. He still found a way around him a lot of the times. He made the finals twice with that original Cleveland team. That would have been closer. And I think actually that one probably would have hit home just about as much because that rivalry was really, really hot at the time. And I don't think it hurts as much from Cleveland to Boston as OKC to to Golden State did with the 3-1 lead and everything. But you add in the factor of LeBron being the hometown kid, being from Akron and, and going to high school there. Then him turning around and leaving and going to the... I think it would have... The magnitude would have been the same. I was trying to put some NFL comparison onto it. And I don't feel like there's really a situation that would have warranted one. Um, if it had to be anybody, it would be Tom Brady. But like, Tom, like, like Eli Manning... Like Eli Manning leave Like the second time they lose to the Giants. Eli Manning signs somebody else free agency, retires, gets injured, whatever. Tom Brady's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play for the Giants next year. You're like... Huh? Like, Tom Brady leaves for Atlanta and Matt Ryan, or Tom Brady leaves for Tampa Bay the year after they beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl, and Matt Ryan's like, I'm going to go play for the the New England Patriots. Even then, still. Because, yeah, it would be weird. But, him playing for the Colts this year is weird It's going to be really weird watching that. Um, Give or take, quick one. Um, Thoughts on Kyrie getting uh, fined by the NBA for turning the Celtics? Um, it's against the rules. He flipped off a fan. It's on camera. Surprise, surprise. You're in a stadium full of thousands and thousands, tens of thousands of people. Anything you do, most likely you have a camera on you at every second. Whether it's an NBA TV camera, a TNT camera, ABC, NBC, in the stands, Whatever it is, you have a camera on you. You're not going to get away with stuff like that. Um, I don't. I don't mind it at all. It's it's a it's a clear violation of the rules. Obviously, whether it's a dumb rule or not, it is. So, all right, ready? Bring it on. You and me are going to run through these rules. On the east, it is the number one Miami Heat going against the Hawks. We didn't talk about this week. This week, no, you know now. I guess and going forward, only on that game two and three now. Uh, what do you, who do you think is going to win that? Is that which one? Hawks and Heat. The Heat. Uh, heat are the best team in the East. Well, he may not be the best team in the East. But they're, the, but they're the best team in the East. Like, if that makes sense. Like, they're the best put-together roster, and they're playing the best as a team right now in my mind. 76ers and Raptors? 
Uh, I had doubts about this one. I really thought the Raptors may may give the 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 Sixers a run for their money. I think as of it's tough because they're going back to Toronto down 0-2. I would still lean with the Sixers, but I don't know. That one's tough. The Sixers have played a lot better than I thought they would, though. I'm going to go with the Sixers on this one. Bucks versus Bulls. The Bucks. I go with the Bucks too. Yeah. Um, Celtics versus Nets. This is a tough one. Um... Man, I I want to go Celtics so bad. I agree with everything that 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 Stephen A. Smith said, and he's right. As long as I got KD on the court, I'm behind KD. I'm hundred percent real with you. I agree. I would pick the Nets too, and it got shit to do with KD. Kyrie Irving is playing on another effing planet, and I, I said this last week or two weeks ago. I I, I I love the Celtics. They they're playing out of their mind. The the defense is insane. If Robert Williams gets back to fully healthy, this team is so much different and so much better. But when when you can walk out onto the court for a basketball game, Ramadan or not, whatever the situation may be, if I can walk out of the court and I know that Kevin Durant is better in the long run and on paper and whatever as of right now, the Celtics and the Nets walk out there for Game Three. Kyrie Irving is the best player on the court. That shit is crazy. If, if I if I walk out there on any given night and I look at my number two option and it's Kevin Durant, I'm feeling pretty fucking solid about my team's chances of winning that game. So I, I would have to lean as towards of right the Nets. Now we're speaking well. on it, it's Game Two. It's this series is different, but it's ninety two ninety two with eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, bro. And Kyrie, and Kyrie only has eight points. They're both struggling from the field. Like, look at the the two field goal percentages there. Jason Tatum only has he's struggling too. He's three thirteen. Yeah, it's uh, it's a rough game. But I'm going. I'm going Nets on this one. I would as well. All right, who do you have? Heat, 76ers. Um, I'd go Heat. Okay, I just I think I think that team's too hot. That 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 game right there is Tyrese Maxey series and Tyler Hero series to win. James Harden is going to be smothered by Jimmy Butler, and we're. Uh, I feel like Bam Adebayo has been snubbed consistently for Defensive Player of the Year. The reason I feel like Bam is... I, Bam's not going. He's not getting his own Joel, though. Joel will go at him. Well, I, this is the, this is the series I want to watch That for that exact reason. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'm going to go Heat there. All right. Uh, Bucks, Nets. This one's so fucking tough. Imagine last year. Yeah, it is. Kyrie Irving's healthy. And the, the the Nets were Kevin Durant being a shoe size smaller away from going to the finals. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you this, bro. Seth Curry makes so much of a difference on this team, bro. So is Joe Harris when he's healthy. Go ahead. I'm going Nets. 
My gut says Bucks, but the reports are that Ben Simmons is going to be playing Game Four in the first round. If, if Ben Simmons is playing here, I think the Nets have got to take it. I would go Nets as well. All right, so I got six with Nets. I'm taking Nets in the finals. You got Nets in Heat. Want the Heat? This is a really tough one as well. Um, I'm uh, what I'm looking at there is. Fuck. Actually, I don't know. Um, I'm going to stick with my guns. I'm going to go with the Heat. Did he still have Victor? Yeah. He's injured. I don't know if he's playing that much or not. What I will tell you is this. This is going to sound so fucking weird. If the Heat and the Nets match up in the Eastern Conference Finals... The most important matchup to me, and I don't know if Eric Spolster is going to play it this way. This is how I would do it. I could be wrong. The most important matchup comes to what can my backup bigs, Dwayne Dedman, Haslam, if he gets any playing time, and whoever, I don't know if Omer Utsin is, U- Uvetsin is getting a lot of playing time. Whoever they put at the five, or whoever I guess they put at the four, whatever you want to say. I don't know who their primary big is behind Dwayne Dedman and Bam. That matchup versus the net centers is what makes the series to me. Because if I'm Eric Spolstra, Jimmy Butler's guarding Kyrie Irving, and I'm putting Bam at a bio on Kevin Durant. And matchups may need to be switched later on if Bam can't hang on, but Bam at a bio, the reason... Dedman... Oh, I forgot about P.J. Tucker. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go Heat. The matchup is Dwayne Dedman, P.J. Tucker, whoever they put in at the big spot to hold up against the center because I won't be able to buy on Kevin Durant. The reason that the Heat made the final two years ago, first of all, Bam Adebayo's clutch block against Jason Tatum in the playoffs that year and also because when it comes to a one-on-one matchup, there is no better defender in this league to slow down Giannis Antetokounmpo than Bam Adebayo. He's proven it time and time again. I don't think the Heat are the best team. Like when I match them up with the Bucks, like I like the Bucks and I like the Nets more. Bam Adebayo is a difference maker, and I know that I just talked about why I wouldn't give Rudy Gobert the award. The difference is, is that Bam Adebayo, like. Rudy Gobert is an A-plus perimeter or an A-plus paint defender, like a D-minus perimeter defender. Bam is like an A-minus in the paint, and he's like a B-plus on the outside. Having a guy that can switch all, and he can guard Kevin Durant for a possession, and he can stop Giannis Antetokounmpo is extremely valuable. So I'm really... That was going to be a chess match just to see what Spolster decides to do with the matchups. I want to go Heat. Suns. It should be the Jazz. I don't know why they're struggling. I'm going to stick to my guns. I'm going to go Jazz. You put up 40 in game two and they, and they won. Um, it's so bad because... I don't think that's sustainable in the long they run. They just find ways to get expectations that just punish, bro. The, the Jazz... 
Well, the, the Jazz's reputation is win 60 games, sweep the first round, lose in the second. That's, that's what the Jazz do. Become the one seed, lose in the second round. Uh, Warriors? Nuggets. I'm going to go with the Warriors. If the Nuggets are healthy, this, this is probably the best series in the Western Conference to start. But Jokic can't do it all by himself uh, against against the Warriors. They're too deep. Grizz, Timberwolves. You already know what I'm going to say, so. Yeah. I hate that I'm going to say this because I don't. I, I, do, I do believe and I don't. I'm going to go with the Timberwolves. If John Moran, and it, and it comes down to John, it has nothing to do with his ability. If John Moran's on the court, I'm taking the Grizzlies every day of the week. We've seen him get a little banged up here and there. Without John Morant, that team doesn't stand a chance, in my mind. Now, now if the, the Timberwolves lose Cat, I feel like Ant can step up. If D'Angelo Russell's in, I feel like they can there. Who who takes over for Ja if he's down, if he's out? Who's your star that runs the show? I don't I don't know if Jaron Jackson's got it like that yet. I think he's got the possibility. I don't know if he's got it like that. They have a lot of role players. They have a, the, the role players are there. When John Morant, like I said, when John Morant's in, sweep him. Give it a series. I don't care. Fuck the Timberwolves. They have a lot of good players outside of just John. I don't know if anybody can run the show the way that John does. That's the thing. And that's why I would lean Timberwolves. And it's only because of John Morant's health. It has nothing to do with his play at all. All right. You got Suns versus Mavericks and Warriors versus Timberwolves. Well, I have Suns versus Jazz. Well, Warriors versus Jazz. Yeah. I would take the Suns again. You mean Warriors, Timberwolves? Warriors. Okay. Pretty easily. Um, I got Suns, Suns over Mavericks. I, 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 I'm going to be real with you. I know I'm probably going to take our fucking dick. The way that the, the Warriors look, even at their highest point against the fucking Temple, against the Grizzlies this year, the Grizzlies look. The Grizzlies have had their number. They were beating the fuck out these niggas with Steph on the court. Yeah, they, they've had their they number this year. Well, sometimes you have to match up, like, like I said. Even Nick said it, too. Like I think we were talking about it a couple weeks back when they last played. And like they, they didn't have Steph in... The game before they had Steph, Steph put up like 37 to 40, and they were like, it was like, this is motherfucking John Morant's playground when he goes against fucking Warriors. But Damian Lillard's done it for years, where he just elevates to a whole other level, so that'll be a really fun seven-game series to watch. You taking Memphis? Yeah. Uh, I you got Suns versus Warriors? Mm-hmm. Um... I hate that. I, I have to go Warriors. Um, last year, the Suns lost the finals because of late adjustments by Monty Williams. And I think they go small ball. They they go small. This is the perfect team to beat the Bucks. If this Suns roster was in, like, basically, if the Suns had JaVale McGee last year, they win the finals. I, I I full full well believe that. The issue is they slide DeAndre at now on Giannis. Frank Kamnitsky goes down. 
they have no seven footers. They have no six ten guys to hang with Brooke Lopez. It's PJ Tucker and Jay Crowder fighting for their damn lives underneath the basket. Or no, no, it's just Jay Crowder fighting for his life underneath the basket against Brooke Lopez last year. This team beats the Bucks. The issue is they ain't playing the Bucks. They're playing their polar opposites. They're playing small ball. And I don't Monty Williams has got to make those it's not even an adjustment. You have to go into the game with the right lineup. And I wouldn't say to fully take DeAndre Ayton off the court, but you're going to have to be on your P's and fucking Q's of when to pull him out because he will get exposed, I think, against that small ball lineup. I would go Warriors to the finals. Suns versus Grizzlies. The road, the road in there. I can respect it. I want to, you know, I want to say Grizzlies all the way, but they're so hot, but like, I think this was the inexperience of the playoffs comes in. And if they have a healthy it's a, no, I say I say if they have a healthy book. A healthy book means a lot to that team. It does, yeah, it does. But I will say Jaron Jackson and Steve Nam's gonna get worn the fuck out by DeAndre. Now my friend was in this spot last year, he turned the fuck up. It's true. Trey Crowder gonna go crazy on that too. So. It's very but true. I think the big men just they'll show up. I can respect it. Suns versus Nets for me. And then Suns, oh no, Warriors versus Heat. What you got? Um, I'm going to go Heat, man. And I'll tell you that, again, it's a broken record. Bam out of bios. Why? Because I'm talking about all these matchups when they go small ball and you have to pull Rigo Bear off the floor. And you have to really be careful with where DeAndre Ayton is lined up at and who he's guarding. I don't have to worry about it. Bam gets switched on to Steph for a position, and even if they try to hunt him, I think Bam holds his own. I think his ability to be able to play in a small ball lineup despite being 6'11 is the key to everything with this team playing defense. P.J. Tucker's on the floor. Like, that team can go to bat, man. I don't know. With Kyle Lowry. I don't even know if Tyler Europe would really just sit there and hold Clay Thompson. But that's the thing is, Hero's coming off the bench, too, though. That's what gives them that that boost off the bench. So their lineup right now is Lowry, is Lowry, Robinson, Butler, PJ Tucker, Bam Adebayo. That team is tough to beat, man. They just the issue with them is that they match up so well. If you run a big lineup out there, Bam Adebayo is going to take care of it. They run a small ball lineup out there. Bam Adebayo can handle it, and I have PJ Tucker and Jimmy Butler on the same court. That's terrifying to play as a defense, as an offense to play against. I would go Heat in six. Okay. We'll go Nets. Nets in six. Over the Suns? Yeah. That's a good fucking series, too, though. Mine's like a chess matchup coaching-wise between Steve Curry. Yours is just on the court. What is DeAndre Ayton able to do? Against the the older big men of the Brooklyn Nets, and who the fuck is gonna stop Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant? I'm telling you, bro. I love Chris. It'd be another. It'd be another good match to watch him. But that that to me, you're you're not stopping Kyrie right now. Let alone Scott Foster is gonna be that motherfucker. Kyrie's Irving. (laughs) That to me, they're gonna fuck you up in the game you need the most. Yeah, that series goes seven games in my mind. I just want to say seven two, but I think you think Mikael locks down KD. Nah. 
I don't think it's possible. I think he slows them down. I do think that they have a decent. That's another game that I'd love to watch the matchups in. I don't, you know, I have to see how DeAndre Ayton plays against a small ball lineup, but Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder are two pretty solid perimeter defenders to yeah. stick out there. Yeah. And Jay Crowder's really good. JaVale McGee knows how to win. Jay Crowder's not stopping KD, though. Nobody stops KD. So, I don't think they got anybody that's going to stop Seth. You can slow down KD. Kim, Kim, Kim is not stopping him. No, nobody stops KD. Nobody stops Kyrie. The issue with the Nets is that Seth, I think, I think McCole, I think Mikhail can lock Seth or Seth down. It just depends on. It just depends on the matchups and how they play them. That's it, man. It's a wrap. Yes, sir. Locked here. On your favorite. Back next week with Smart. Until then. Say that thing.